Dobrý večer and welcome to the Bohemian podcast with Piet Coleman and Travis Doe. Dobrý večer and welcome to the Bohemian podcast. I'm your host Pete Coleman and tonight I'm joined for another bedtime episode of Bohemian bedtime story uh, for my son Nathaniel as we're getting ready for bed. And uh, tonight we're going to focus on legends that are connected to Prague Castle, which is um, overlooking the Vltava River. Last time we talked about the Charles Bridge that led to the Prague Castle from Old Town. Nathaniel, you and I have been to Prague Castle many times, and I like to take you into St. Vitus Cathedral, which is like the very big cathedral, that, which is kind of a part of the castle complex. When we go there, what's, what's some of the things that you like to see? Well, they have these pictures, and they are all painted gold, and everything is nice looking, and they have parts of bodies there. Oh, you you mean the, you yeah, mean the, people that are buried there? Yeah, the uh, uh, the people who are buried. Uh, some very important people are there, buried, and most of the kings of Czech Republic are buried here. Uh, yeah, that's right. There actually there's a uh, a crypt underneath Saint Vitus Cathedral, where there's uh, you know, some of the the more important rulers of the Czech lands are buried underneath there. And then as you walk through the cathedral, you're going to see memorials to some religious people that were either bishops or saints that are, that are there. And one of the big saint rooms is uh, St. Saint, saint Wenceslaus's room, uh, where they have uh, part of his uh, relics in there as well, which is kind of neat. Well, tonight we're, we're going to talk about one interesting part of St. Vitus Cathedral, which is the bell. It rings out at the top of the hour, and it's very old, and it... Uh, I don't know if the replica is up there or not, or if it's a real thing, but at one point, there had to be a bell that was very heavy put up during the Middle Ages. So tonight's story comes from a very interesting book that we read quite a bit called The 77 Prague Legends by Elena Yeliskova, and she uh, really kind of paints a, a nice picture for us to read our bedtime story tonight. The title of this story is called The Bell at St. Vitus Cathedral. The Tower of St. Vitus Cathedral is 99 meters high and so it's the highest of all the historic towers in Prague. It contains the largest bell in Bohemia, which is known as Zygmunt, and is two meters high and weighs 18 tons. Sixteen pairs of horses were needed to convey the bell by a special wagon to the castle, but when attempts were made to hang it on a rope and pull it up to the tower, its weight snapped even the thickest ropes like fine thread. The king was annoyed. What was the point of a bell that could not be hung in a tower? But when his daughter saw it, she said, Leave it to me, father. Wait and see, and in a few days, the bell will be ringing in the tower of St. Vitus. The king was happy to entrust her with this huge task, and curious as to see how she would manage it. His daughter was educated and very clever, and had often out-argued the best scholars in the court. The princess summoned all of her friends, and closed herself off with them into a chamber. There they cut off each of each other's long hair, and wove it into a strong rope with their nimble fingers. Meanwhile, the princess sat over a piece of parchment and designed an ingenious mechanism that would safely lift the bell up to the tower. Carpenters and smiths made the particular machine according to her plan and transported it to the forecourt. All right, now, Nathaniel, I want you to imagine this. Here's a, a rope made of human hair that's going to hold this 18-ton bell all the way to the top. Do you think it's going to work? How many hair do they have? <laughs> <laughs> How many pieces of hair? 
Well, we're talking about all her hair and her friend's hair all woven together. So a lot of women's hair. And do we actually know how much women? Because if if they were like eight, that wouldn't hold a yeah, bell. I don't think we have the number, so we're going to have to use our imaginations on this one. So on the appointed day, throngs of proggers jostled under the tower of St. Vitus, anxious to see if the princess had thought this thing through. Many of them were very doubtful when they saw the splendor rope woven out of hair, just like we are, Nathaniel, right? But when the bell was fastened to it and the machine cranked into action, the line tautened and the bell started to rise. It rose higher and higher, getting smaller and smaller in the eyes of the onlookers, until it had safely reached the edge of the scaffolding by the windows of the tower, where the workmen grasped it and heaved it inside. The courtyard resounded with applause and cheers, while the clever princess stood by the window, waving and smiling. Reports of the miraculous machine soon spread throughout the country, and builders and apprentices came from all over the border, wanting to know how it had been constructed. But the princess ordered the machine to be taken apart and destroyed, so that no one would ever discover its secret. What do you think its secret was? I don't know. Maybe magic. Do you think that even happened? <laughs> I know. Some of these stories are kind of out there, aren't they? So, Nathaniel, this next one is about Charles IV. Do you know who Charles IV was? Uh, he was a very wise king. That's right. He was also the Holy Roman Emperor, and he controlled much of Central Europe. And he rebuilt Prague um, after a very big fire in the Middle Ages and kind of was responsible for building new town and building up lesser town and making old town safer from floods. So he did a lot of big things. And you'll see his statues and his name everywhere in Prague, right? And this is another story about bells. And this one is about the death of Charles IV and how these bells were ringing for him. When the emperor... King Charles IV was on his deathbed in his palace on a November evening in 1378. Prague Castle and the whole town was silent and sunken in grief. All at once the bells of all the Prague towers rang out, and so did the passing bell in the Tower of St. Vitus. At that moment the king breathed his last in the palace. At the sound of the death knell, the bell ringer was astonished, for he had the key to the tower in his pocket. Breathless, he unlocked the door, ran up the stairs, and saw the passing bell ringing on its own accord, unprompted by human hand, while the other bells accompanied it. It was the same in all the towers of Prague. They say it was Prague herself saying farewell to the emperor who had served her so well. Now, I guess back then, someone actually had to have a key to the bells and start the ringing procession. But this story is telling us, Nathaniel, that it started on his own. Again, can you believe that happened? Boy, you're really skeptical tonight. <laughs> so, okay, so as we talked about before, these Prague legends and legends around Czech Republic might have a little bit of truth, but there's always a lot of uh, embellishment. Some of these things are a little hard to believe. So, Nathaniel, there's a really interesting story that goes back right when the city of Prague and all of Bohemia was sort of in between Christianity and paganism. And there was a big, big issue about who is going to become Christian, and is the kingdom going to be, stay pagan? That had a lot to do with Prince Wenceslaus and his family. And his mother was more from a pagan background, which is someone that, that doesn't believe in, in Christian beliefs. They believe in, in other pre-Christian beliefs. Okay? And her name was Drohomira. And this story is very close to up the hill from Prague Castle, and it's called Drohomira's Chasm. 
Princess Dromira was the wife of Princess Radoslav, with whom she had two sons, Wenceslaus and Boleslav. Now we both know both those, right? Yeah. Wenceslaus and Boleslav would have a kind of a fight that would lead to the death of Wenceslaus, and Boleslav would then become king. But at this point, they're just little fellows. When Vladislav died, Drohomir became the regent because her firstborn son, Wenceslaus, was still too young to rule. Wenceslaus was brought up by Vladislav's mother, the pious Princess Lumela, who was very popular among the people because she had helped the poor, widows and orphans, nursed the sick, and donated a great deal of her money to churches and monasteries. Drohomir was jealous of Lumela's popularity and also disliked the way her mother-in-law was leading Wenceslaus to piety. Dromira was said to be a Christian as well, but it was rumored that she still sacrificed to the pagan gods in private. From hatred, it is but a short step to evil-doing. Dromira chose two armored bearers from her staff, paid them, and sent them after Lumilla to rid the world of her mother-in-law once and for all. They performed their bloody duty, but the murder of the respected and beloved princess shook the people. Therefore, Princess Drohomira no longer commanded respect, and people avoided her. She did not even give up her hope for young Prince Wenceslaus to ascend to the throne, for she turned Wenceslaus' brother Boleslav against him, and it was Boleslav who later had the saintly prince treacherously murdered at, Bol- at Stara Boleslav. Now, Nathaniel, you and I have been to Stara Boleslav. It's like a little town, kind of close to Prague. And we actually walked right by the church where it was said that Boleslav and his friends killed Wenceslaus. And so do you think that that could have happened? It could have happened, but I don't know why did they kill him right before the church. Well, that was, that's, a, that's a good point. And the story goes that his brother tricked Wenceslaus to coming to Mass and church because he was very, very pious. He wanted to always go to Mass on Sunday. And when he tricked him there, he got to the the doorsteps of the church, and that's where his friends and him made the fratricide, which is killing one's brother, okay? So that way, Bolosov could become king. So pretty, pretty difficult situation. But getting back to this story, we've got a big problem on our hands, because Wenceslaus' mother... Is, has already put the wheels into motion that she doesn't want Wenceslaus to become king because he's going to de- devote himself to the church and not to the kingdom. And she already killed his grandmother. So she's not really a great mom, I don't, I don't think. It is said that from this time, Dromira could not find no peace. She moved relentlessly from castle to castle, but the thoughts of her evil deeds pursued her everywhere. In the end, she made her mind up to leave Bohemia forever. Legend has it that early one morning at Prague Castle, she climbed into a wagon driven by her faithful servant. When the horse-drawn wagon was passing the spot where Loretto Square lies today, the bell in the tower of the small Capuchin Chapel of St. Matthew rang out to summon the people to prayer. The pious servant stopped the horses and jumped down from the wagon to kneel and pray, but the princess called out angrily and ordered the wagon to continue. All at once the earth shook, and there was a giant clap of thunder, and a great chasm opened up under the ground. Drohomira fell into his depths, together with the wagon and the horses, but the servant was not drawn in to the chasm. She ran back to the castle and recounted to to everyone what had happened, but no one could be bothered to try to come to Drohomira's aid. There was a bottomless abyss there for centuries afterwards, they say, and people steered clear of it. And it was rumored that at night you could see flames springing from it and hear the despairing shrieks from Princess Drohomira, who had fallen straight into the depths 
of hell. Okay, so that's a rough story. <laughs> and we're going to end on that one tonight, Nathaniel. Do you, now, we've actually walked by that, and it's covered with these tiles on a sidewalk that lead to the Loretto Church down the hill from Prague Castle area. There is a little sign saying uh, about Drohamira's uh, legend. But, again, who knows? There probably was a hole that opened up at one point, and people saw that Drohamira had disappeared because she left Bohemia uh, because she was not loved anymore. So maybe they just kind of put those legends together. Nathaniel, do you want to say anything before we uh, sign off tonight and go to bed? I don't think so because we have to go to bed and Dad's tired. So. All right, buddy. So we're, let's get to bed. And we want to thank you for listening tonight. And we hope that uh, you'll be with us next time for our next edition of uh, Bohemian Bedtime Stories. You have been listening to the Bohemican Podcast with Pete Coleman and Travis Doe. Visit bohemican.com for more information on this episode, other episodes, and much more information about history, traditions, and culture in the Czech Republic. Find us on iTunes, subscribe, and review, and don't forget to rate us. We would love to hear from you. Send comments, ideas, and corrections on our comments page on bohemican.com. Or get in touch via Facebook or Twitter. Tune in to our sister podcast, History of Alchemy, which is also on iTunes or on historyofalchemy.com. Until next time on the Bohemican Podcast, thank you for listening.